The boys jumped off of Adventure Monster's back, then stumbled a little. They felt kind of dizzy. Riding with Adventure Monster was usually pretty smooth, if incredibly fast. But this time, there had been some turbulence. Sorry it was rough, boys, Adventure Monster apologized. I think there were some reindeer practicing too close to where we had to travel. The boys grinned. Adventure Monster had to be kidding them. But oddly enough, he wasn't smiling. The boys were so excited to be visiting Adventure Mountain so close to Christmas. In fact, it was Christmas Eve. Their parents had told Adventure Monster that they could go for just a couple of hours. There were lots of family traditions to celebrate at home that night, and in the morning, grandparents, including Mimi and Opa, would be there to visit and, best of all, bring presents. But since there was some getting ready to do, their mom seemed happy to let them go with their big furry friend for at least a little while. They looked around amazed at how Adventure Monster had been hard at work decorating. There were not a lot of trees at the top of the mountain, but Adventure Monster and maybe his giant friends had apparently brought up some large saplings from the forest at the bottom of the mountain. Then they had bent the tops over so that they were shaped like candy canes and tied the tops to the ground with thin string that was almost invisible. Adventure Monster warned them to be careful walking under the tops of the trees. Theo had already tripped over one of the strings and the stake that held it in the ground. After bending the trees over to make the right shape, Adventure Monster had wrapped red and white ribbon from the bottom of the trunks to the very tops making them look like candy canes for sure. They noticed that there were some small baskets underneath the trees. Adventure Monster told them to go check the baskets out, but reminded them about the strings. The boys ran to the baskets and pulled back the tissue paper on top. Underneath, they found fat, stubby sticks made up of wads of red and white something. They weren't sure what they were at first, but Knox grabbed a piece off of one and stuck it quickly in his mouth. Levi and Spencer shouted, Knox, wait, but it was too late. He swallowed, and then his face lit up in a huge smile. It's okay, boys, Adventure Monster assured them. It's a new kind of owl poop, supposed to taste like peppermint. How was it, Knox? Delicious, he said, grabbing for another piece. But all the other boys were also grabbing, making it hard for him to get his small hands into the delicious treat. Did it taste like peppermint? Adventure Monster asked. Knox nodded. Then he grinned really big as he was able to get another piece. He plunked it into his mouth and his smile got even bigger. By this time, the other boys had all tried it too. It does taste like peppermint, said Levi, but not quite as sweet, maybe. Yeah, maybe a hair salty, agreed Oliver. But good, really good. He looked up at Adventure Monster, hoping they hadn't hurt his feelings. He didn't seem offended at all. I'm still working on the recipe, he said apologetically. Knew I couldn't match the adventure elves on peppermint, but wanted to try a new flavor of owl poop. I combined white and red after I had fed the white and red owls lots of peppermint candy. But I think maybe they got a hold of some peanuts that we'd spilled on the ground in the cave too, and that made it salty. Couldn't get it to swirl together like candy canes either. Had to just kind of put the globs together before I put it in the boiler. Oh well, I'll do better next year. Don't worry, Adventure Monster, said Spencer, giving Adventure Monster a big hug. We love it. Yeah, said Theo with a twinkle in his eye. It tastes delicious. 
Adventure Monster and the boys all laughed at his imitation of Adventure Monster. We'll gather it up and put it in your backpacks, boys, Adventure Monster directed them. He had asked their moms to send backpacks with him to carry all their presents. You don't want to eat it all right now. Too many other treats to find. As they picked up their owl poop, they looked around at all of the other decorations. Adventure Monster had strung lights all over the scrubby little bushes that were everywhere up on the higher half of the mountain, and he had painted some of the rocks green or red. There were big boxes wrapped in brightly colored paper with giant ribbons on top of them. They wondered if they really had presents in them, but they figured probably not since such large presents definitely would not fit in their school backpacks, which they had emptied out to take to Adventure Mountain with them. As they looked up higher near the top of the mountain, there was a huge sign that said North Pole, P-O-A-L, they giggled a little, but they didn't want to hurt Adventure Monster's feelings by pointing out that he had misspelled it. That was Bibby, one of my giant friends, Adventure Monster said, always seeming to understand what they were thinking. I didn't have the heart to tell him after he spent hours painting it. Above the sign, right on the tippy top of the mountain, in fact balancing right on the very tip itself, was a giant red sleigh. It was the biggest one they had ever seen. You could put all the presents in the world in that, said Spencer, but you'd have to be careful and add them evenly to each side to keep it balanced, replied Levi, ever the scientist. That's not going to land on too many houses, said Oliver. It would crush them. Sure would, said Theo. Mommy and Daddy wouldn't like that. Well, you don't have to worry about that, Adventure Monster assured them. That sleigh is for our celebration here in Adventureland, only here. It's much too big for your place. The boys all nodded their agreement. They hadn't noticed that Knox had slowly toddled all the way up to the North Pole sign and was headed straight for the sleigh. Knox, no, yelled Levi as he led the charge to retrieve the little brother. Meanwhile, Knox had made his way underneath the sleigh and jumped up trying to grab one of its runners. Don't do that, Knox, yelled Spencer. You'll mess up the balance and it will fall on you. Theo suddenly realized that if that happened, it would slide on down the mountain and run right over all of them. And us too, he yelled, trying to run faster. Knox jumped again. His finger grazed the runner and the huge sleigh rocked unsteadily. Just as he left the ground for his third and highest jump, a huge furry white paw flashed through the air and grabbed him safely between two huge claws. Gotcha, said Adventure Monster carrying him back to his brothers and cousins. Knox giggled, unaware of the danger he had been in. Let's go inside, said Oliver. I can't wait to see what you've done in there. I've had lots of help, said Adventure Monster, smiling. It's going to knock your socks off. Knox looked down across Adventure Monster's big, strong arm at his feet. He thought it was kind of cold to go without socks. The boys followed Adventure Monster through the large opening in the mountain that led into his caves. Adventure Monster set Knox down when they were safely inside. It took just a second for their eyes to adjust to the darkness from the bright light out on the mountainside. But when they had, they all said, wow, as they looked at the lights and other decorations. All down the main hallway, there were red and green owls perched on special evergreen branches that had been attached to the walls. There were buckets underneath them to catch all the owl poop but the owls were wearing necklaces of tiny white lights along with little Santa hats. 
They were hooing to the tunes of Christmas carols. They were in the middle of joy to the world as the boys came in. As soon as they reached the first of the owls, they heard the flutter of wings, and they looked up to see bats with buckets flying in their direction. As the bats flew over them, they dumped out their buckets. Real snowflakes fell on them as they made their way down the hallway. Theo and Spencer stuck out their tongues and caught some of the tiny cold flakes, then laughed. Then they laughed again as Theo nearly slipped on some of the slick snow. But Spencer caught him, and they walked on. Soon they heard water falling. That meant that they were close to the waterfall that led down to the giant underground lake. They hadn't been down to visit their fish friends for a while. Adventure Monster warned them that some of the fish had gone back home for Christmas, but assured them that some of their very best friends were still there. Adventure Monster stopped them at the top of the falls. They wanted to hurry down to see their friends, but Adventure Monster promised them they would be glad they had waited for just a few minutes. Suddenly, a boat that seemed to have no one in it slid through the opening in the cave wall where the waterfall came out, but it stopped as soon as it got pointed down. Then red and white sparks started shooting out of it down toward the lake. The sparks turned into streams of light, and the streams began to shoot up toward the high cave roof, where they exploded into red and white fireworks. But as the sparks came back down, they floated to just above the boys' heads, and then they exploded again, only this time very gently, like big powder puffs. As they did, the most wonderful smell of fresh peppermint came down. The boys breathed it in and smiled. And then the last firework exploded more loudly than any of the others. Some of the boys covered their ears, but they quickly pulled their hands back as hundreds of tiny candy canes started dropping down from that last firework. They hurried to gather up as many of them as they could and put them in their backpacks. When they had all been gathered up, the boat started moving down the fall again. It moved slowly at first, but then it gained speed until by the time it hit the lake at the bottom, it, it exploded into tiny splinters of red and white that then floated down into the dark lake water, sizzling as they sank in. The boys all clapped, and then they saw that their fish friends were in the lake, and they began jumping up out of the water and diving back in. They had apparently joined, enjoyed the show as well. Adventure Monster pulled out another raft and threw it to the top of the falls. It inflated quickly, then, just like the last time, waited there suspended for the boys to jump in. Adventure Monster didn't even have to help any of them this time except for Knox. They all jumped into the raft and felt their stomachs flying up toward their mouths as they slid down the fall. The raft stopped once again just above the sharp rocks at the bottom and floated out toward the middle of the lake. As soon as it landed, Willie the Whale was behind them, pushing them toward the shore. Not so fast, Willie, not so fast, said Adventure Monster, looking a little nervous. But Willie didn't seem to be listening. The raft hit the shore way faster than usual and popped against a sharp piece of oyster shell. The explosion sent Adventure Monster and the boys flying through the air. Adventure Monster landed first on his back in the sand. The boys came next, landing on his belly and bouncing several times before finally sliding off onto the beach. Wow, that was some ride, he exclaimed as they all stood up and shook the cobwebs out of their heads. He brushed the sand off of his back and bottom, then they walked back over to the edge of the water. Sorry about that, yelled Willie, who was still out toward the middle of the lake. One of the electric eels accidentally brushed my tail and the shock sped me up. 
No problem, answered the Venture Monster. Don't you want to come see our friends? In a minute, he said, then dove down beneath the water. Where are the others, asked Oliver. They had been, uh, there had been several fish jumping up and down from above, or they had seen several fish jumping up and down from above. Harold and, Harold and Stephanie are back at the ocean, Adventure Monster began. Oh no, said Spencer. The dolphins had been his favorite. Not to stay, Adventure Monster assured him. Before the dolphins who had been here did go back for good. They had family that they missed, but they promised to come back and visit. Harold and Stephanie went to invite a few more dolphins that they know to come and spend some time here. Oh good, said Spencer. Inky went back, I'm afraid. He just got scared so easily, and the lake being so much smaller than the ocean, he just felt like he messed up the water too much here. We all begged him to stay, but his mind was made up. Suddenly, a great water spout came up from the lake's surface, shooting toward the jeweled ceiling high above. Magnus, the giant octopus, stood up above the water and greeted the boys in his deep voice. Hello, he said. All of the boys smiled and waved. He seemed happy that they weren't afraid of him. He's gotten a lot less shy, said Adventure Monster. That made the boys happy. They liked to have friends, and they wanted their friends to be comfortable around them. Something suddenly shot out of the water and started chomping all around Magnus' long legs. Magnus frowned, then smacked down with one of his legs, trapping Siggy, the great white shark, down against the water's surface. Siggy laughed. I can't scare you at all anymore, he cackled. Hey, boys, nice to see you. Magnus let him go, and he swam as close to the shore as he could get before the water got too shallow. He still had rows upon rows of sharp, shiny teeth. Good to see you, too, Levi answered for everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, said Siggy. He swam around in circles faster and faster, then shot up into the air and dove back down into the lake and out of sight. The boys got to see some of their clam and oyster friends, several of the starfish, a couple of seahorses, and several giant crabs. Last of all, the giant oyster floated up to the top of the lake. He slowly opened his massive shell, revealing that his giant pearl was now the size of a huge boulder, maybe four or five feet across. Wow, said Oliver, that's the biggest pearl I've ever seen. Yeah, Theo agreed. The other boys nodded too. Is it finished now? asked Knox. It is finished, answered Adventure Monster. That's the main reason we came down here. We are taking it to the Adventure Elves tonight as their Christmas present. They have a very special place for it. What kind of place? asked Spencer. Adventure Monster smiled. You'll have to wait and see, Spencer. He nodded at Magnus, who gently took the huge pearl out of the great oyster with one of his long legs. Can you get it out there? Adventure Monster asked him. Magnus nodded. Then he curled up the end of his leg around the uh, pearl, and he swung it several times. Then he let it fly. It went up to the top of the falls and into the main hallway of the cave, rolling at a high speed toward the door. The boys heard the squawks of several owls who had apparently hurried to get out of the way as it rolled. Great job, said Adventure Monster. Then he looked at the boys. Guess we better get going. He pulled another deflated raft out of his knapsack. It quickly inflated, and the boys piled in. They waved at their lake friends as the raft rose into the air and headed back up beside the falls. Come see us again soon, their friends called after them. They promised that they would. Hey, said Levi, what happened to Willie? Yeah, said Spencer, he said he'd be back. 
Just then the boys heard a woo-hoo above them at the top of the falls. Willie shot out at the top, rode the falls about halfway down, then jumped over their raft and splashed into the water beneath them, getting them wet yet again. He's learned a new trick, said Adventure Monster. Sorry, yelled Willie from below. He hadn't meant to get them wet again. Merry Christmas, Willie, Oliver yelled. The other boys said it too, and Willie said the same to them. In a flash, the raft was at the top of the falls, and the boys jumped out and watched the empty raft dive back down toward the rocks, where it popped, just like the last one had. Except this time, it gave off red and white smoke as it blew. Your decorations are awesome, Oliver told Adventure Monster. Thanks, said Adventure Monster, but wait till you see what the elves have done. As they walked back toward the cave, toward the entrance, they noticed that most of the owls seemed to have gotten back onto their perches, although several of their hats were on crooked now, and most of their buckets had been turned over or smashed. Some of them gave Adventure Monster dirty looks as he led the boys back toward the entrance. Sorry, owl friends, Adventure Monster said as they walked. The giants will help you get things back together. That didn't seem to comfort the owls a whole lot, but Adventure Monster knew that they really would help. As they made their way out of the cave, the boys noticed that the giant sleigh had been pulled down off the mountain peak and set down on level ground, and the giant pearl was now sitting proudly in the back. Wow, are we going to ride to the Adventure Elves Forest in the sleigh with the pearl, asked Levi. No, we'll walk, answered Adventure Monster. It'll be a little while before the uh, reindeer get here to pull the sleigh. The boys followed Adventure Monster across the mountainside. We'll take the giant's shortcut, he told the boys. As they walked, they could see some of the giant's Christmas decorations, even though it was starting to get a little dark. The giants didn't seem to be to like lights like a lot of other people did, but they had huge statues everywhere, and they had apparently pulled up big evergreen trees from lower on the mountain and stuck them in the ground so that they could decorate them. Their decorations looked pretty rough, some pine cones here and there, along with some dead flowers and mostly burned-out candles. But the tops of the trees seemed lively, because at the top of each one they had tied a poor live squirrel by its tail. The squirrels were all chattering angrily and trying to break the strings that held them tightly to the tops of the trees. Don't worry, Adventure Monster assured them. They'll let them all go in the morning. Adventure Monster led them to the top of the steep cliff on the mountainside. They looked down and saw a steep slide that led all the way to the bottom of the mountain. Besides the slide at the top, beside the slide at the top was a statue of a two-headed Santa. They have a strange sense of humor, Adventure Monster explained. The boys looked down the slide and it made them dizzy. When they saw Adventure Monster lie down on his stomach at the top of it, they began to get scared. We're not sliding down that, said Oliver. Sure we are, said Adventure Monster. This is the slide that all the giant children play on every day. It's perfectly safe. But how do we stop at the bottom, asked Spencer. How do we stop at the bottom of the waterfall, asked Adventure Monster with a twinkle in his eye. Magic! He directed all of the boys to get on his back. Then away he went. The boys held on for dear life, but somehow they felt like even if they let go, they would stay safe with Adventure Monster. He almost never had them do anything really dangerous. It seemed like they kept getting faster and faster and everything around them was getting blurry, although not as blurry as when Adventure Monster was taking them between his mountain and their home. 
One thing that they could see clearly was the forest at the bottom of the slide, and it was coming up fast. All of the boys began to yell, no, as the forest quickly approached. But just as Adventure Monster had promised, they came to a gentle stop right at the base of the trees. And when they stood up, they saw one of the most beautiful sights they had ever seen. The forest was decorated with beautiful ribbons and bows. But what made everything amazing was that everything seemed to twinkle. The boys couldn't actually see any hanging lights, but the tree branches, the pine needles, even the ground itself seemed to twinkle in Christmas colors of red and green and silver. In the middle of it all was the biggest pine tree that any of the boys had ever seen. It was decorated like everything else, plus it had all kinds of beautiful carved figures representing the Christmas story all over it. As the boys looked up, they thought that it was the most beautiful Christmas tree that they had ever seen, except that there was nothing on the top. No star, no angel, not even any ornaments. They wondered why that detail had been missed while everything else was so perfect. All around the tree and in between, in between the trees of the forest, as far as they could see, they were adventure elves. They were dressed in beautiful red and green clothes, and they seemed to twinkle with light, just like the trees around them. Just before them stood an especially tall elf. Deron and several of his soldiers stood behind this tall elf. All of them were smiling. Welcome, said the tall elf. Merry Christmas, friends. Merry Christmas, the boys answered, then said it again to Daron and his soldiers. I see you've met Daron, the tall elf continued. Let me introduce myself. I am Hallow. I am king of the elves here in Adventureland. The boys' mouths all flew open as they realized they had just met the elf king. They started bowing awkwardly, but the elf king laughed. We're sorry, your majesty, said Spencer. We don't know how to bow to a real king. Hallow laughed again. You need not bow to me, he assured them. I am not your king. I am your friend. This made the boys relax. Adventure Monster tells me that your time here is short. You have festivities at your home. I'm sorry you can't stay longer with us, but we want to include you in at least part of our celebration. He pointed toward the sky. High up in the sky, the boys saw the giant sleigh, although it looked very small because it was still very far away. It was being pulled by four creatures of some kind, although the boys couldn't exactly tell what they were. As the sleigh came slowly lower toward the forest, they were finally able to make out that four thin air dragons were pulling the sleigh, flapping their slender wings to keep it in the air. They knew that the giant pearl was in it, but they saw that something large and red was in there as well. They could finally make out a huge Santa hat, but they couldn't believe that Santa was so large, even in Adventureland. Finally, as the sleigh came lower and hovered just above the great Christmas tree, they made out the Santa driving the sleigh. It was the huge red fire dragon that had become friendly with the good creatures of Adventureland. He didn't look very comfortable playing Santa Claus, but they could tell that he was really trying. As the sleigh hung just above the tree, the great red dragon waved his clawed hand at the crowd. Ho, 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 he yelled loudly. Unfortunately, with the third ho, he sneezed, and fire flew out and caught the tops of some of the nearby trees on fire. The elves between, beneath those trees scattered, 
but a brigade of obviously well-trained elves hurried in. They chopped down the trees closest to those that were burning so that the fire wouldn't spread, then arranged all of the cut trees so that along with the burning ones, they made a giant bonfire that, fire that helped light up the night sky. All of the elves cheered, and this seemed to bring out something like a smile on the very serious face of the red dragon. He directed the sleigh a few feet lower, and Maximus motioned for them to stop. He then pointed his staff at the huge pearl, lifting it out of the sleigh and bringing it to rest on the top of the tree, where it glowed like a giant white star. The air dragons then brought the sleigh to the ground, and Adventure Monster and the boys greeted the friendly dragons, as did Daron and his soldiers and the other Adventure Elves. The Dragon King and Daron approached the boys. Excuse me, the Elf King and Daron approached the boys. I know that you must leave, said Hilo, but first, Daron has two gifts for each of you. Daron held out two beautifully wrapped packages, one tall and skinny and wrapped in red, and one small and square and wrapped in green to each boy. They took the packages, wondering what could be in them. Open them, please, said the elf king. Red first. The boys eagerly opened the red present, each pulling out a large, thick peppermint stick. The peppermint glowed, much like the lights and the trees all around them. Try them, said Hallow. The boys unwrapped their peppermint sticks and carefully licked them. Just as Adventure Monster had promised, it was the best peppermint they had ever tasted. And not only did it taste wonderful... It made them tingle from the tops of their ears to the tips of their toes. Wow, all the boys said at the same time. Hallow smiled. I see you like our special peppermint, he said. It's the best ever, said Knox. We have to eat these slowly and make them last, said Theo. No worry, Hallow responded. They will last all year until next Christmas, I promise. The boys grinned and then took several more licks. But don't overdo it. Your parents will no doubt want you to eat dinner soon. <clears throat> the boys reluctantly wrapped their wonderful peppermint sticks back up and put them in their backpacks. Okay, look at the other one, said Adventure Monster eagerly. The boys unwrapped their square green packages. Each one contained a miniature version of the giant pearl, and each pearl glowed with a soft, pleasant white light. These will give you comfort at night, promised the Elf King, and don't forget to wish them Merry Christmas before you go to sleep. The boys loved the pearls, thought they were beautiful, but they wondered why on earth the Elf King wanted them to wish them Merry Christmas. But they didn't ask any more questions because Adventure Monster was urging them to pack up to go back home. They did as their furry friend asked, reboxing their gifts and stowing them away in their backpacks. Then they thanked the Elf King and Daron and the other elves nearby. They wished the dragons a Merry Christmas and then loaded up onto Adventure Monster's back to go home as the elves sang beautiful Christmas carols. As always, they were home before they knew it. Adventure Monster hugged them all and wished them Merry Christmas. Their moms called out the back door for them to come in and eat. They were back just in time. That night, after a wonderful time with their families, they all went into the same room where their sleeping bags were all lined up so that they could sleep together until Christmas morning. When their parents told them good night and closed the door, it did seem pretty dark. Wait a minute, said Oliver, reaching into his backpack in the dark and feeling around for the square package. He pulled it out, opened it, and carefully pulled out the gently glowing pearl. 
It cast a comforting light across the room, and all of the boys smiled as they lay down in their sleeping bags, no longer afraid. Hey, said Levi, we forgot something. What? asked Spencer. We didn't say Merry Christmas, Theo whispered. As soon as he said the words, Oliver's pearl began to glow more brightly. Then it floated up a couple of feet above the floor and began to rotate in midair. Soon it began to shoot out shafts of the same gentle light, and those shafts began to form pictures. They saw Mary and Joseph gathered around the baby Jesus. Shepherds came in and bowed before him as angels above them, all sang quiet, beautiful carols that sounded just like those the adventure elves had sung. The shepherds left, then the wise men came in and bowed low, giving the baby their very special gifts. Then everyone but the angels faded as the angels continued to sing gentle praises to the newborn king. By the time the light faded and the gently glowing pearl had returned to its box, the boys had, fall, had fallen soundly asleep with contented smiles on their faces as the elves' songs rang sweetly in their ears.